everybody. It is March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you all. Um, guys. Uh, I got it, my lucky charms. <laughs> we are back. Um, sorry we missed last week. We were getting upgrades done on our internet where we've been having some glitches and some issues for a while. We got that all fixed and taken care of. Hopefully today is our first run through with, uh, with uh, having stuff fixed. So we'll see how it goes. Let us know if you're experiencing any glitching or anything out there during the Facebook Live. But we are back with another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. It is March 17th. And today we are on Joshua 17, as this month, um, every, uh, every book, every chapter that we're in um, lines up with the date. Until, until we end, end Joshua. Until we, until end, we Josh- end Joshua, yeah, yeah that's right. Is it 24? 24, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it lines up every day um, until the 25th. So anyway, we are joined again by um, Tiffany Wiss. If you're watching on Facebook Live, she is Hi. to my right. And then to her right around the corner is... Annie, where's or Annie? Annie. Ernie, Ernie, where's my air key? <laughs> Ernie Merkey is joining us again today. He is, um, he is uh, nice enough. He's actually in here for multiple reasons today. Um, going to help me get some stuff set up around the uh, the church and do some things because he's an awesome dude. But um, we are joined by both of them today. And as always, I'm Brent Smith, joined by Daniel Yelverton, your standard hosts for the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm just standard. Yeah, we're just I'm just standard. okay. Yeah. Average. <laughs> so anyway, we are back today. Um, so uh, this chapter, I texted Daniel earlier today, and I was like, "This chapter is going to be a little hard to talk about today." So um, tell him why, Daniel. <laughs> Give us some context and tell. So him why. from Joshua fourteen to Joshua nineteen, basically we read about a map, and it's really boring. It's just let's just call it what it is. Like you're literally learning about places that don't exist or are. And they're all about borders and towns and where people are like where land is being allocated. And so it's for us, this really has no like not a lot of application. And Mm -hmm. that's the hard part about it is that we're reading it. We're like, okay, this is like reading about somebody drawing a map. And that's in like in a place that we don't even really know or have like any point of reference for. Yeah, There's no application and no story really that's drawing you in. And so that's the challenge of it. But for the people of Israel, this is a very important part of the chapter because this is the fulfillment of the promise that um, that God gave Abraham in Genesis 15, that he was going to give them a promised land, that he was going to have his descendants have a place here. And they are inheriting the land. And eventually you see at the end of, I think it's, uh, is it 19 or is it 20? We're basically, oh, no, no, sorry, 21, where it basically says the Lord um, came through with all of his promises. You know, so the end of 21. So when they're done kind of allocating all the land, all the places for the Levites, all the towns of refuge, then the Lord, it says that the Lord came through on all of his promises, which is really for us a huge application point to know that that even in Genesis 15, you know, all the way to Joshua, God is coming through and he's faithful with his promises uh, to uh, his servant Abraham and to his plan and purpose. Well, but, that's all. But for us, I it's a little boring. <laughs> but it's going to be fun because, well, you'll listen to it from the podcast listeners, but our Facebook listeners are going to be listen to us read, and so that's going to be fun. <laughs> yes, know. bear with us. Yeah. Um, so, and this is, you know, I, I, I don't know. I felt like I'm supposed to say this um, because other people feel this way too, but this is when reading the Bible gets very tedious for me in chapters mm-hmm. like this and in spaces in the Bible like this where there's, like you said, there's no real application. Um, I was saying there's no real story behind it. It's just, 
it's very important, like you said, it's like a historical document, mm -hmm. basically, um, for the Jewish people and for people who believe in God and in Jesus. So it is very important, and it is in the Word of God, so it is very important. So don't take me saying that um, it's tedious for me as me not understanding how important it is. It's just that these are the chapters where a lot of the times I zone out and have mm -hmm. to read about 17 times, go back through it and through yeah. it and through it because it's really hard to get through. So um, understand that that is probably normal and okay if you are doing that through these chapters right now. And um, one, one thing mm, also is that mm. you'll see a lot of parts where they're doing the boundaries, and that's really just a bunch of names and places that we don't really know. But there's little things that are kind of sprinkled in that are that are important to notice. Like it talks about that the tribe of Manasseh was not able to drive out the Canaanites. And this becomes an important thing, especially when we get towards judges and we start seeing what happens as the Canaanite people and their culture assimilates with the Jewish people and with Israel. And so there's little things to kind of take note, be like, Hey, that's, that's interesting that that's noted there. So as you see like those specific details, maybe draw a little bit more closer to that than it is maybe just all of the names of all the places. So that, that can help when you're reading it. Yeah. With that context and with everything being set up, everything being set up now, let's go ahead and get into today's reading from Joshua 17 from the dwell app. Now Joshua was old and advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, You are old and advanced in years, and there remains yet very much land to possess. This is the land that yet remains, all the regions of the Philistines and all those of the Geshurites, from the Shihor, which is east of Egypt, northward to the boundary of Ekron. It is counted as Canaanite. There are five rulers of the Philistines, those of Geza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron, and those of the Avam in the south, all the land of the Canaanites, and Miera that belongs to the Sidonians, to Aphek, to the boundary of the Amorites, and the land of the Gebelites, and all Lebanon toward the sunrise, from Bel Gad below Mount Hermon to Lebo Hamath, all the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon to Misrephoth Mayim, even all the Sidonians. I myself will drive them out from before the people of Israel, only allot the land to Israel for an inheritance, as I have commanded you. Now, therefore, divide this land for an inheritance to the nine tribes and half the tribe of Manasseh. With the other half of the tribe of Manasseh, the Reubenites and the Gadites, received their inheritance, which Moses gave them beyond the Jordan eastward, as Moses the servant of the Lord gave them, from Aror, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, and the city that is in the middle of the valley, and all the tableland of Medaba as far as Dibon, and all the cities of Sion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, as far as the boundary of the Ammonites, and Gilead, and the region of the Geshurites, and Maekathites, and all Mount Hermon, and all Bashan, to Salica, all the kingdom of Og in Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth, and in Adriai, he alone was left of the remnant of the Rephium. These Moses had struck and driven out, yet the people of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Maekathites. But Geshur and Maacath dwell in the midst of Israel to this day. To the tribe of Levi alone Moses gave no inheritance. 
The offerings by fire to the Lord God of Israel are their inheritance, as he said to him. And Moses gave an inheritance to the tribe of the people of Reuben, according to their clans. So their territory was from Aror, which is on the edge of the valley of the Arnon, and the city that is in the middle of the valley, and all the tableland by Mediba, with Heshbon and all its cities that are in the tableland, Dibon and Bamoth Baal, and Bethbaal Maon, and Jahaz, and Kittimoth, and Mephaeth, and Kiriathaim, and Sibma, and Zareth Shehar on the hill of the valley, and Beth Peor, and the slopes of Pisgah, and Beth Jeshemoth, that is, all the cities of the Tableland, and all the kingdom of Sion, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon, whom Moses defeated with the leaders of Midian, Evi, and Recham, and Zur, and Hur, and Reba, the princes of Sion, who lived in the land. Balaam also, the son of Beor, the one who practiced divination, was killed with the sword by the people of Israel among the rest of their slain. And the border of the people of Reuben was the Jordan as a boundary. This was the inheritance of the people of Reuben, according to their clans with their cities and villages. Moses gave an inheritance also to the tribe of Gad, to the people of Gad, according to their clans. Their territory was Jazer, and all the cities of Gilead, and half the land of the Ammonites, to Aror, which is east of Rabbah, and from Heshbon to Ramoth Mizpah, and Betanam, and from Maonaim to the territory of Deber, and in the valley Beth Haram, Beth Nimrah, Succoth, and Zaphon, the rest of the kingdom of Sion, king of Heshbon, having the Jordan as a boundary to the lower end of the Sea of Kinnereth, eastward beyond the Jordan. This is the inheritance of the people of Gad, according to their clans, with their cities and villages. And Moses gave an inheritance to the half-tribe of Manasseh. It was allotted to the half-tribe of the people of Manasseh, according to their clans. Their region extended from Maonaim through all Bashan, the whole kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, and all the towns of Jair, which are in Bashan, sixty cities, and half Gilead, and Ashtaroth, and Adriai, the cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan. These were allotted to the people of Maker, the son of Manasseh, for the half of the people of Maker, according to their clans. These are the inheritances that Moses distributed in the plains of Moab, beyond the Jordan east of Jericho. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses gave no inheritance. The Lord God of Israel is their inheritance, just as he said to them. So, being back from the reading, um, what is it we're supposed to take from this today? Like, what, honestly, like, what is the, what is the heart behind this whole, this whole thing being told to us? To me, it's kind of like what Daniel was saying earlier about God always fulfills his promises, you know, and this to us was just really difficult. (laughs) I'm just going to push through that. (laughs) This... This was really difficult to um, read because, as most of you heard, I couldn't pronounce a lot of the words. And so, like we said earlier, it's easy to just kind of read this and be like, okay, I got my chapter of the day and let me, you know, move throughout my week. But um, 
you know, I think it's important when we read this to think about, you know, to us today in 2020, this, you know, it's hard to like get a lot out of this, but we have to think back to the people of this time. This was huge. This was, Daniel, how many years from when God promised this to Abraham to Um, right now? Probably about 540 or 560 years or something like that. So we're 500 plus. So this to these people, they've waited hundreds Mm -hmm. of years. And so this to them was like a big deal. And the same God that promised and fulfilled this is the same God we have today that um, has made promises to us that we know he's going to fulfill to the end to the end of the book. Um, And I think it's important for us to know that because. A lot of people are struggling right now with different things, and sometimes it does feel like God, you know, doesn't hear us or we're alone. Um, and I'm sure the people back then felt that way a lot, waiting for God to fulfill these promises. So I think we can just look back in history and see how God does always come through. You know, we look um, at all the prophecy in the book of Isaiah pointing to Jesus, and we look at how, you know, the people waited hundreds of years for Jesus, and then that that was fulfilled so god always fulfills his promises mm-hmm. is my big takeaway from this yeah I, I i definitely see that too in just all of these chapters you see the promises and the fulfillment of god and his faithfulness um one of the things that's really interesting to me is kind of these anecdotes of the people not being able to drive out the people and this kind of complaint that they're bringing to joshua those are the kind of interactions that sticks out to me a little bit um, the, the first was that they weren't, uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll reference Joshua 21 at the very end of it, where Jesus, where, where the Lord says that, um, that he came through on all of his promises and then he fulfilled everything, but it still says that the descendants of the, like, uh, the Canaanites were not driven out of the land. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like there's a little bit of a gap between what God is, what God is saying in his promises and what's actually happening. And, and for me, I, I kind of think about that and process that more of that. There is a space that God comes through on all of his promises, but he also partners with us. Mm-hmm. And, and when it comes to our role and us kind of, uh, either for like the tribe of Manasseh, for them taking over and driving the Canaanites out. And so I think that I see two things that prevents the people of Manasseh from doing that. The first is fear. So they're afraid of the Canaanites because of their iron chariots and the fact that they're strong. And Joshua saying, dude, you guys are strong too. Like, Hmm. don't like take it over. You know, you will like the Lord will do it for you. And then there's kind of this compromise that I see too, where it's like, Manasseh realizes that, okay, these people are when they're, it says when they were strong enough, they were able to take over them, but they forced them into slaves instead of driving them out in the land. Mm -hmm. And it was like, they were more opportunistic with their view of it. They were like, well, Hey, we've got all these bunch of people here that we conquered instead of driving them out of the land, let's make them our slaves and let's make them into forced labor. And that ends up being an Achilles heel for the people of Israel. Because what happens is that, is that the Canaanites begin to, their culture begins to assimilate with Israel. Mm -hmm. And eventually you see in judges, what the Canaanite culture was really like because Israel becomes like the Canaanites and it's really dark Mm -hmm. and it's really disturbing and it's very violent. And, and so you see that there is, um, this kind of one area of compromise that doesn't seem like a big deal sets them on a trajectory that ends up being terrible for them and terrible for their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this goes with 
with us today. I mean, this is this is just another example of what happens when we don't drive out all the sin of our life. We we say we follow, but we live a different life. We don't drive out all the sin in our lives. And I just I love Joseph. I, I look up to him so much. And, and this, and and as far as how he is as a leader and who he is as a leader. I mean, these people of Joseph and and verse fourteen come to him, and and plead with him. Hey, we are so numerous. We don't have enough. And they see it as a weakness when he turns it around as a strength. Like, listen, you guys, you guys should use this to your strength. You guys should use this to your your effectiveness and drive out these people so you can have more land. This is not a weakness. He, he flipped it on them when he, they seen their numbers as a weakness. And I think also there's part of that is that it's hard for me to judge the people of Manasseh, but it seems like they kind of want other people to do their work for them. Hmm. You know, like they come to Joshua, like, hey, Joshua, why don't you guys drive these people out? And he's like, dude, you guys can do it. Mm-hmm. You guys go go do it. Go take care of the, the land. Take the land that's your, that's your birthright. Take what has been given to you. And it seems like there's an unwillingness for them to, to do that. And, and that to me is also really interesting. It's just it you start to see that there is some core issues going on with the people of Israel, right? That even though they're having these great victories, there's some core issues underneath the surface. They're like, you know, the capacity to compromise, how fear can kind of dictate where they're going, but also they're um, kind of wanting the easy road, like taking the easy road and letting Joshua kind of do all the work for them instead of actually doing, you know, what they're called and what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So those are the themes that kind of stick out to me Mm -hmm. in this. You can kind of parallel that to today yeah. of, you know, people expecting the church to meet all their needs, you know, mm. or expecting leaders to do all of that for them. When, you know, we as the church, we all have the Holy Spirit. We all have we all have Christ. But I think a lot of times when things get rough, we do. We want to go to somebody else and be like, hey you know, can you help me with this or can you do this? And, you know, I think a lot of times people in the church are that way today. They they expect the church to kind of be there, do everything for them instead mm-hmm. of going out and, and doing the work on our own. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think we, we live in a culture that it's interesting. I was talking to somebody about the, how cultural influences kind of affect a church, affect the way people think and kind of pattern their lives, right? And so you have, in different periods of history, you have people responding to different things. Like in the feudal system, you had lords that were over the lands, right? And then Mm -hmm. the serfs, they worked the land and they paid the taxes, right? Mm -hmm. And they paid the taxes so the lords would protect them. And that was the way the society run, and that was the way that infiltrated the church and the way the church ran and all of that stuff. And so now we live in a consumeristic culture where the consumer's right, and it's about investing, it's about what you've done for me lately kind of thing, and it's about an in- focusing on our individual needs. Mm. And that's just the culture that we live in, and that's kind of the dynamic that we have because of a consumer culture. And that is kind of infiltrated the church in that, yeah. you know, and that's because our culture is what it is. And it's and it does that just as much as we saw the culture of the Canaanites infiltrate the Israelites. It's very easy for that to kind of happen as it's just kind of kind of go with the tide in general. And, and so and, and I think we miss out, though, we miss out on a lot of the 
um, the the beauty of the growth that happens when God works through us and when we push ourselves and when we're challenged in that way and we're kind of going and taking new territory for the kingdom of God instead of kind of saying like, ah, I'm really more focused on what I want and what my needs are and what have you done for me lately? And if I'm not being fed, I'm going to go to this place or I'm going to go transition to this church. Or if I'm tithing, I'm expecting these certain things. I mean, we think about that, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you're giving money to a company for a product, you're expecting a good product. And if you don't get a good product, then you write them a bad review and you go or return it. And then you go get a different product from somewhere else. I mean, that's the way we act, right? Mm-hmm. And so it would make sense that that would be some, some way that we would act when it comes to co- uh, mm-hmm. like uh, our society, when it comes to the way we view our government, we view church, the way we view family dynamics, all of that stuff is, is there. And so uh, I think that like pushing against that and Manasseh needing to push against the fact that they have been handed to them a lot of different things and they are not willing to go and do it and and take the land for them and walk in the strength and the power that Joshua's trying to say, you've got this. Mm-hmm. You have this strength. You have this power. And I think we want to do that as like church leaders. We want to encourage the church to know that you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you that raised Jesus from the dead and that was through that Holy Spirit. So much miracles have been performed and amazing things took place and it toppled an entire violent, powerful Roman Empire. You have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think we get this kind of, we shrink back into this kind of either, you know, comfortability or contentment or something like that that kind of pulls us away from stepping into, you know, who we are designed to be. And and unfortunately with that, we, we with that mentality, we settle, we compromise, and we think, okay, this is the way, you know, this, this could be the best of my situation. I'm going to just make these you know, inhabitants force laborers and it's going to work out really well for us. Right. Mm -hmm. And that ends up being the undoing. Right. Yeah. And so, and I think that we can take that in our life of where we've just kind of either compromised or like said, you know what, God, I'm going to do all these things, but I'm just not going to give you, you know, my, this part of my heart, you know, I'm not going to surrender this part. And that ends up being kind of an Achilles heel in our faith. Mm -hmm. And, And so, um, that, that, I think that to me is kind of the undercurrent of what's going on. Yeah. I was reading a commentary on this chapter as well, and um, I thought it was kind of cool the way that they worded stuff at the end here. It says, um, the rule is they shall not eat um, who will not work, and many of our cannots are only the language of idleness, which magnifies every difficulty and danger. This is especially the case in our spiritual work and warfare. So this is talking more about us as believers and and people who are enabled with the Holy Spirit. Um, This is especially the case in our spiritual work and warfare. Without Christ, we can do nothing, but we are apt to to sit still and attempt nothing. If we belong to him, he will stir stir us up to our best endeavors and to cry to him for help. Um, Then our coast will be enlarged and complaining silenced or rather turned into joyful thanksgivings. So it's just talking about how there's just something in us as as humans that um, we just tend to sit still if we get the opportunity. If there's any way we can, a lot of the times, we'll just sit still and not go out and do the things that we're called to do. But it, I, I love it here where because it talks about if you have the Holy Spirit in you, if you know Jesus, he'll stir those things up in you. Mm-hmm. And he'll, from the inside out, drive you to your best endeavors to go out and be better for his kingdom. Um, I just thought that was really cool. I think that makes a, 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 I love the way that the Holy Spirit responds, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think that part of this is looking at how Joshua responds, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's easy to see, like, if people are not, like, you know, I don't know, we have this kind of 
we can really be negative to people that are not doing this, like that are like not, you know, contributing or that are lazy or different things like that. Right. And we can just really look down on them and really say some critical things about them. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't feel like that's helpful. Like you can see Joshua's approach is to encourage and mm-hmm. to and, and empower and to kind of instill that. And I think what's, what's interesting right now, the current I guess situation could be the fear of the coronavirus, right? That's going on right now. Mm. And, and there's some really funny memes. Like, let's just call it out. Like there's some funny stuff out there. Right. (laughs) But I see that a lot of times when we who have the Holy spirit and maybe in our situation, because of what God's given us, we don't have a fear necessarily for the coronavirus that some people that do have a fear for the coronavirus that may not have Jesus and may not have the Holy spirit that gives them that comfort that they're looking for, that they're really ultimately looking for. And, and there seems like everything around them is kind of collapsing the things that they want to, that they insulated themselves with to protect them. And so, but I think that we have a tendency to kind of just like, like really like condemn them, like, like be critical of them. And I think there's an opportunity for us to learn about how we deal with people that are in a place where we're trying to push to greatness is to not like throw the like critical flame into the fire or whatever it is, but instead really instill encouragement and point direction and empower. Um, and I, I that just kind of stuck out to me right now because I, I see this as like part of our culture is this kind of polarizing, dividing thing of over anything. It seems like whether it's politics or coronavirus or anything, right? There's something that's pulling us away. Mm-hmm. And instead of continuing to kind of make that gap wider, maybe there might be an opportunity for us to tell people to fear not in a way that encourages and empowers them, not makes them feel stupid or makes them feel like idiots or you know and so i don't know that that to me kind of is i think there's an opportunity for us to learn from joshua and from that what you were saying about how the holy spirit kind of encourages us and instills that strength in us Mm -hmm. i like to look for correlations too in in today's society in these things and i just you know i see a correlation I do. This is just my opinion. I'm not speaking for the church or for anybody else in this room. But I think it's interesting, at least, to see the correlation between God being moved from society and we see so many more people kind of living in idleness. Um, You know, we hear, and I'm not even going to bring up the generation that everybody blames for all this stuff lately. I'm just going to say there's been a lot of people that have just kind of been content to, like, go back and live in their parents' basement or whatever and just kind of be idle and not be productive and then sit on, on social media all the time and pick everything apart and just, just kind of sit back and just, you know, have opinions about everything, but not go out and get involved and actually better the world a a whole lot, you know, and it could just be phases people are going through. But I think that if we're talking about the Holy spirit being what lives in you and drives you for better, um, to go out and live better and make the world better, um, for the kingdom of God, as we see our God being removed from society, I think that that's an interesting thing to see. Um, and I, like I said, I don't know if it's true or not, but I do think that we are on the verge of um, something changing. I've, you know, I think we've all kind of started to see something shift and something change, and I hope that it's the beginning of a great awakening, of a revival, of something. But I want to tell you guys, I went out last night um, to take the trash down. It was trash night last night. And... Um, I got freaked out because I'm walking, dragging the trash can behind me down the driveway in the dark, but like the porch light or the garage light is on so I can see the driveway some and I'm walking and I get halfway down the driveway and I see writing on my driveway and I was like, like, is somebody giving me a message like, you know, 
don't fall asleep because we're coming to get, you know what I mean? Like just, you see something you're like, Oh my gosh. And then I turned around and looked at it. I saw it upside down first and I walked down farther and turned around and looked at it. And it was actually, I forgot. We don't ever let our kids go out, play out front without us. Cause we have a big fenced in backyard, but we'd let them go out front and play because the dog was kind of driving them crazy. So they took chalk and they were riding on the, on the driveway last night. And my daughter wrote, cause Owen doesn't really write yet, but this is what, I walked over and was written on my driveway. And then I saw in three or four different ways from last night until just now, um, the verse that says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Mm. Um, and I just thought, man, you know, so, So, and, and, and then the, (laughs) and then the verse that I got sent today as, um, there's some of us that are, um, part of this church that are part of a, a text chain that goes out every day from, um, Dennis Morris, he sends us some stuff, and um, if I can find it here, um, this is what he sent. Good morning. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Mm-hmm. It's the same verse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it came to me three or four times or five times from 8 o'clock last night until today. So that, if you're ever looking, if you're ever a person that's wondering how God moves and how he talks to you, that's one way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but my kids are learning who God is and, and Michael be very proud that you are teaching our children yes. that my daughter went out and wrote a Bible verse on our driveway. Yeah. Yeah. And for it other, fits for other people to read as it, they're going by. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it fits today perfectly with the coronavirus, yes. with everything yeah. else going on. Don't worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Pray and God, ask God about everything. And I think that's what we need. I think yes. we need to get more of that in our lives. I think we need to get more of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. back in our lives, back in our society. And I think there'll be so much less panic. I was talking to Ernie and um, Pastor Phil earlier about just the craziness that we've seen over the last week or so of just everything is getting shut down over really uh, concerns and legitimate concerns in some ways, but in so many fears too. Like we've seen like the NBA season got shut down. Like Mm -hmm. the NCAA basketball tournament got shut down. Ohio state's recruiting got shut down for the football season. Their spring game got shut down. There's concerts, sporting events, reds opening day parade, reds opening day parade. Everything in the last couple of days has just been down, 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 down. And people Mm -hmm. are locking down and closing in. And I can't help but feel, feel like that's, fear because so many people in this world don't have God in their lives right now. Mm-hmm. They don't have the Holy Spirit to trust in, mm-hmm. to open them up and to move them to step beyond those fears because they trust in God instead of just trusting in the fears that they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, just, I, I think that's great. And I think, so how can we exemplify, not type out, but right. exemplify the encouragement to people to not fear, right? Let's think about that. Like, let's, let's be creative about like, what can we do? to to instill and encourage and empower people to not fear um apart from clever memes right you know because (laughs) i mean that's kind of what we're doing right now right yeah yeah and so i think that like we as a we like they're the generation of believers in acts would when people would run away from plagued areas, the church would dive into plagued areas and serve people because they had no fear of death and they had no fear of any of those repercussions, right? And they would do things that were, um, but because the people mattered most, right? And so sometimes I think like we've lost a little bit of that where we won't just dive in and say, okay, if everybody's fearing right now, I'm not going to fear, but I'm not going to post about it. I'm going to live it. And I'm going to show it and I'm going to show it in a way that instills people not to fear. 
and instead of like not feeling stupid. Right. And so I, I think that that's like, this is a really good opportunity. Just like in, in any time right now, the church has a great opportunity mm-hmm. to show how, how Christ really operates. And I think we, we, this is a, this is a time where we can really do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to, to, during all this with everything going on, it all goes back to remembering our identity. We're talking about that right now with the youth. Who are we, you know, and how does God see us and who are we in Christ? And I, I heard something today. We were talking about how we're made up of um, spirit, soul, and a body. And, you know, when we invite the Holy Spirit in, he comes and fulfills our spirit, which our spirit can only be fully filled by the Holy Spirit, nothing else. And I heard something today. It said, are you letting your body have control over your life or are you allowing your spirit to have control over your body? Mm -hmm. And I think so many times, because we live in this world, we let our body have control because we're, you know, we're waking up and we're, we're in this world and we're, you know, seeing things and we're feeling things and we hear of illness and things like that. So we just think so much of our bodies and we don't think about that we are a spirit. Like someday this body is not going to matter anymore. Our spirit is what is eternal, you know, and all of it is under God's authority. But I just think that with that question you gave, Daniel, is as believers, we need to remind ourselves every day that we are a spirit and we need to invite the Holy Spirit to walk with us through the day and to invite him to have full dominion over our our mind, will, and emotions, and our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to do that every day. Because if not, it's easy to get sucked into the fear. You know, I'm a, I'm a mom of four, and hearing all this stuff, it does kind of alarm you at times. It's like, oh, you know, because that's our worst fear as a mom, is our kids getting sick or something happening to our children. And it's so easy. You turn on the news, and that fear, it mm. creeps in. Yeah. And it's so easy to let our bodies and our, our mind, will, and emotions just take over our spirit and go into that fear, and you can, like, feel it crippling you. Mm-hmm. So it's just so important that we don't let that control us, that we – constantly are, are, you know, walking in the spirit and knowing the truth of God's word and like little Riley, like, yes, let's just say those scriptures over ourselves because, you know, the Bible, it's, it's live, it's active. Anybody who says that this book is old, they haven't read it yeah. <laughs> because it is live and active. I mean, just yeah. right there. So I think, I think it comes back to that. I yeah. think most of it is, in my opinion, is just recognizing the attack. I think that goes back to to the people that come to church and, like you said earlier, um, rely on the church to do so much for them or maybe even in some ways carry their faith for them or, you know, people that that don't go out and act or seem to fall back into living in their parents' basement, just one, you know, instant. Yeah. But I think so much of it is I, I th- I've seen it in myself and I've been able to recognize it myself is that the more impact you have for the kingdom, the higher the level of attack. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and I think, so and, and I, li- I feel like I'm living it. It's, it's like the more you do, the harder you push, the more you're attacked. And this could be n- not just corona, or, or, but it, fear, fear yeah. in general, and, and mm-hmm. every way. And I feel like the ones that persevere is the, is the ones that make the difference. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody's under attack at some level. We're, yeah. all, we're all in there. But 
I think that I think he also builds us to that perseverance level too, mm-hmm. because I think that everything in my personal life that I've grown up dealing with has led me to persevere easier or better under the things that I'm being attacked for now. Yeah. Mm. He's been training you your whole exactly. life. Yeah. yeah. Um, Daniel, it looked like you had something you're going to say in a second. I, w- I was just looking up a, a scripture, but go. Okay. I just, I have something real quick and then I wanted to throw it to you, but I saw a quote from Charles Spurgeon last night and it fits really well with right now. He said, the Christian need not dread sickness for he has nothing to lose, but everything to gain by death. So it goes into that perspective shift that we as Christians and believers are supposed to have that Paul had so well, you know, I, if I die, that's the best thing that can happen. Who do you know that doesn't know Jesus that says that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah. we need to have that perspective or perspective change in our life um, to where we don't fear death and we don't fear coronavirus. We don't fear anything else because one, we trust that the Holy Spirit is with us and that he's going to protect us. But two, that death is actually the reward and the victory. Mm. Um, so I just, I think that's so powerful right now when mm-hmm. so many people are locking down, we as believers are actually called more now than ever to be activated as we were talking about. So it's up to us to go out and live it and show it. Um, instead of, like you said, instead of just talking about it now, it's time to talk about it so people realize it again and then actually go set the example. And to go on to that real quick before your scripture, sure. when it says about there, I love that quote, but to die everything or, but everything to gain is by death, mm-hmm. you know, and with what I was saying earlier about we are a spirit, everything that God is doing in us right now mm-hmm. will continue in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like everything we as believers are doing, it's not just going to end here when we die and we start anew in heaven. And I think that's important too for us believers in a world that's full of fear and things like that, that, you know, there's no, God doesn't see time the way we do. We all say, well, I want to live to be, you know, a hundred and no, God has a plan for us. So whether it is, to you know die when we're a little kid or you know middle age or old it's it's in an eternal perspective so he's going to take your spirit your spirit is going to go with you and continue on with what he's doing and I think too often we do we see death as it has to be this way and we have to get out of our earthly perspective absolutely that's really good yeah um I mean I the perspective, I think, is just the key thing right here is how we think and then how we think is going to dictate our actions. And and Jesus even talks about that. I was thinking about Luke 12 and uh, he's talking about money and possessions. And I'm going to just skip down to verse 29. It says, do not be concerned about what eat or what you what you drink. So this is the major concerns that they have. But I would say we could insert any of our concerns right now. So do not you know worry about these things. Um, it says, don't worry about such things. These are the things that dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your Father already knows what you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Right then he says, and then he says, don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. So sell your possessions and give to those in need, and you will store up treasures in heaven. The purses of heaven never get old and don't develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And I think that's really cool because he's saying, don't worry about these things. These dominate the thoughts of this world. And mm-hmm. obviously, we can recognize what's dominating the thought of our culture right now, right? Yeah. And and so we don't need to necessarily worry about this. But he says, seek the kingdom of above us. Don't be afraid. God will give you the kingdom. 
But then there's a response. So sell your possessions. So see what you have as leveraging an opportunity to store up treasures in heaven, right? Don't hoard hand hand sanitizer. Give it away, right? <laughs> Don't hoard toilet paper. Give it away. Like like little things like that. I know I'm saying that kind of jokingly, but like seriously, like what can we do to like to give what we have to benefit other people because that stores up treasures in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And that's for the benefit. And that's how, because, or like, like the stock markets, like collapse, like, you know, it's just plummeting right now. And mm-hmm. so it's like, people are fearing about their retirement. God, like God will break up and give you everything you need. Like just trust him, like seek his kingdom yeah. first and he will provide all those things. Maybe your retirement nest egg may not be that you can spend every day on a golf course. And that's probably a good thing. God's probably watching out for you there. But like, 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 so like, let's, let's just think like, let's not get consumed with this thing, but instead seek the kingdom and know that God is, has, gives him great joy to give you the kingdom. And so let's be the one, let's not be Manasseh and let's participate in that. And let's actually go and walk in the strength and the boldness that we have where Jesus tells us not to fear. I mean, these, these are the commands that he gives us. Don't worry, don't fear, you know? And, and so I, I don't know. I think that that, that kind of kind of sticks out as far as like that really um, just, I think that's going on right now in our culture and we have the opportunity to fight against it, not by what we post, but by how we live. Isn't it funny how we all worry about our retirement homes when we know God, the father is giving us a retirement mansion, like Mm -hmm. in heaven, like it tells us in the word that he is making a place for us. And yet we all worry about, oh, my, you know, not to say that, you know, it's good. You should, you know, God tells us that we should be good with our money, but we shouldn't worry about it and put all this anxiety and every effort in it when we know God has a place that's beyond anything we can imagine waiting for us in eternity. Yeah. yeah. The one thing that sticks out to me in, in this, in the book of Joshua, I don't know actually where it starts, but um, it goes along with that. The amount of faith that they had. I mean, I know they, they were screwed up and, and they, they made mistakes that, that God casted out. But um, the, I never knew what, casting lots meant until I started to study this book of Joshua and it's literally just rolling dice Mm -hmm. because they have that much faith in what God's decision is Mm -hmm. that they're just going to roll the dice and let him choose yeah that's just crazy I never I never knew that casting lots like I read through it a few times but then when I really started to dig it's like the amount of faith that they had behind that was unbelievable absolutely and I, I hope that I can have that same thing. Yeah. Let me pray to close this up. Uh, We'll go ahead and finish up today. um, And then we will get out of here until we talk to you guys next week. But um, guys, pray with me real quick, if you would, out there in Facebook land too. Um, Heavenly Father, um, thank you as always for this opportunity to come together with my brothers and sister, have a conversation here today, God. we hope that eyes have been opened today. We hope that our own eyes have been opened today, God, through the conversation, through discovering your word, um, through through digging deeper into your word, and through uh, discussing how you're moving in our lives, God, and how you're moving in the world. Um, I just I just ask that um, the perspective shift that we talk about all the time, God, and that we spoke on again today, um, I just ask that you continue to move in everybody who's listening today and watching today. Um, continue to move in their hearts and change that perspective. Um, maybe this whole 
fear thing that's going on right now, maybe this is a test of our faith. Maybe it's something to to um, bring us closer to you, to wake us up to who we're supposed to be in you, God. And if that is the case, we ask for you to uh, to be faithful in that and move and open our eyes. Give us boldness. Give us confidence in you because that's what we're called to do, Father. That's what we want to do. So we ask you to be with us and, um, and guide us through that. Um, Father, please uh, watch over everybody that's out there. Um, keep, keep the panic down. Uh, if you can, God, if you can, you're God, you can. Um, so God, please, um, just, just guide everybody, be there with them, um, open their eyes and turn their hearts to you. Um, and father, just, just bless us as we go on through another week in this crazy broken world. Um, and just continue to draw us closer to you, father. So, uh, we thank you. We lift you up and we pray in your name and say, Amen. 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 Um, so, guys, that's going to wrap us up for another episode. Uh, we hope that you'll be back with us next week. We will be back next week. Um, I know it's been a little sketchy from time to time just because of everything that's been going on. And then last week with the Internet changes, but we did get our Internet upgraded. So uh, today the Facebook Live, I believe, went out without a hitch. Didn't seem like there were any twitches or uh, twitches or glitches or anything like that in it. Um, so uh, we will be back next week. Um, we will. What will we be on? 24 Joshua 24 yeah yeah in the John yeah, yeah so we'll be in the last yeah. chapter of Joshua next week so come back you won't want to miss that it's not about land allotments and a lot of names <laughs> and genealogy so it won't um, be that time on again <laughs> what it, it won't be I all know. the hard words oh, yeah, until, until the back. next yeah. month when we'll I'm talk on about again. indoor and tattooing <laughs> and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Tattoo tattooites. Is that what they are? Yeah, um, So, guys, anyway, we thank you as always for joining us. Ernie, Tiffany, thank you for coming yeah. in and joining me and Daniel today. Thanks um, for having us. And, guys, until next week, as always, go out there. Let the light of Jesus shine through you to the world, especially through all this craziness right now that's happening. Be bold. Be confident. Take faith in God. Grow your faith in God. And go move the world for his kingdom. We'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah.